Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 60 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius, Dinaeus, and I am joined as ever by my esteemed colleague, the sports journalist, and editor of hookedonwrestling.co.uk now new job title well done it's liam hap good evening liam thank you thank you uh, yes we are we are very much hooked on over here because not only do we have the editor of hookedon.co.uk as one of the co-hosts of because those w this podcast is now part of the hooked on network we have sold out uh, I need to I need to post produce a Ted DiBiase laugh in there really don't I everybody Definitely. has a price and ours was about five pence but it was five pence well spent Paul Benson uh, the Hooked On website go check it out hookedonwrestling.co.uk we have news more importantly we have original content that is our pride and joy we have quiz we have podcasts such as this one and more uh, Paul and Rob the original Hooked On guys their very own How To Be Great series is fantastic really diving deep into subject matters and yeah it's it's a fun place as we say it's wrestling enjoy it come and have a read of some pieces and yes it's it's going great so far but today the subject matter at hand is WCW again Indeed, and um, before we go any further, just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's taken the time to uh, comment, share, and just send us nice words about uh, the interview we did last time around with Lady Blossom, episode 59. If you haven't heard that yet, Jeannie Clark, Jeannie Williams, um, the former uh, manageress and former wife of, uh, of Steve Austin, the um, she she gave us uh, some, some great anecdotes. Um, awesome. I think my... My favourite was uh, probably, and I won't, I won't go into details because I don't want to spoil anything, but um, hearing about how, how she ha- had a job interview with Dusty Rhodes, I think, was my highlight. Yeah, that, that that's a scenario that you've probably dreamed about several times, isn't it? Actually walking into an office with your CV in hand, getting ready to try to impress the American dream, isn't it? But Jeannie actually got to live that dream. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great... It's, you know, we, we've had a few... WCW alumni, I guess. We've had Jeff Jarrett, Dave Penzer, now Lady Blossom. We've, we've been quite lucky so far, but that one was superb. Really enjoyed it. And check it out if you haven't already. It's great. Just Yeah, just just the nicest person you could ever wish to uh, to speak to. Really good stuff. And I also want to thank the, uh, the mystery person we had last week. We had one person who downloaded our entire back catalogue <laughs> because on our stats, you could see every single episode. Pew, 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 pew. So, um, so yes, whoever that person is, clearly he or she is enjoying the fact that Liam, this is a golden age for podcasting. Golden age. We are in day whatever it is. We are approaching the Bill Goldberg streak, surely, of days in lockdown. Just watch out for that fucking taser, then. Um, yes. Is that how it's going to end? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, that uh, person who downloaded the entire set was Missy Hyatt. (laughs) I am kidding, but I have it on Google authority (laughs) that Missy was very happy to hear her good friend Lady Blossom on because those W and Missy, if you do happen to be listening, please, 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 please come on the show. Sorry, that was prophetic, wasn't it? Please come on the show. I'll I'll sound much more authoritative. Yeah, please come on the show. We would really like it if you come on the show. Teenage AS would be would be amazed. I'd, 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 I'd amazed. go back in time. I would go back in time and high five Teenage AS. That's what I would do. Uh, amazed is the word you're going to go with. All right, well, PG, yeah, PG. it's the broadcastable yeah. version. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to because WCW. Now choke on that. 
anyway, tonight today we are uh, we are looking at an episode of uh, Monday Nitro. We are looking at, to be precise, the episode that was aired on February the nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. Seven days prior to that, we had an episode where, amazingly, and with a few shenanigans, admittedly, Arn Anderson beat Hulk Hogan. He pinned Hulk Hogan clean-ish in the ring. Uh, um, shenanigans? I don't remember any shenanigans. Uh, Are you blind? Uh, I think there was a shoe involved or something. But nah, I, think, yeah, I don't let's, remember let's not, that. No, no. Armamania is running wild, right? Arn just beat Hulk Hogan clean as a whistle. And to be honest, I think, you know, I'm not even sure why we're doing this episode. I think we can stop the Nitro watch-alongs. Uh, quit while we're ahead. That's it. <laughs> Nitro's finished. It, it It didn't see any point of carrying on broadcasting any episodes. It peaked. Arn beat Hogan. Arn is God. Hogan is not. That's it. It's over. Now, if we stop now, we're not going to get to uh, Scott Hall's debut in a few months' time. All right, we'll start back with that. But yeah, yeah. Arn Anson is still the WCW world champion of everything. Okay, well, are you uh, are you ready and poised? We have um, we have our uh, we have our Nitro uh, tape. Whether you're watching this on network or some hooky download or whatever, we don't care. We're not here to judge you. All we're going to say is that we're on zero 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 zero. This one's uh, 40, 47 minutes long. It will take a couple of seconds, so it's nice a shorter one. Yeah, that won't last. Yeah. So, uh, no, it won't. Uh, are you ready? We will press play in three, two, one, go. Cue burning buildings. I have burning buildings. So, just to clarify, I need buildings and they need to be burning. Yes. Yep, I've got them. Got them. Bingo. Excellent. And, and some explosions as well. Yeah, that's always a bonus, isn't it? Yeah. Although it looks like the explosions are coming out of Randy Savage's backside. Is that a metaphor or? No, it's just what he ate. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Oh, it's a party apparently. Ah, it's always a party when Bischoff's in town. Yeah. That uh, that stage is starting to slowly evolve into probably the most famous. Uh, WCW Nitro setup. We're getting more of an elevation on that stage, aren't we? Rather than it just being a flat floor walkway. And they would stick with that. Once they mastered and perfected that design, they'd stick with it for a, a few years. Okay, so what's the, it's time for our weekly game of what the hell have they given that poor dog to wear? Is that a uh, old-timey cowboy and engine Native American outfit? Like a stereotypical in... played up? Not entirely sure, but oh, oh, we've we've got Anderson and Hogan rematch. Oh, oh we know what that means. Oh the the dog's just kind of wrapped up in a uh a wintry outfit, I think. I, th- I thought it was like a Redskins thing. I I really didn't realise. Like as as in deliberately designed to be offensive, sort of. Not like I would uh, <laughs> start backpedaling, Liam. But you know what I mean. You the amount of I things we see mean. on mid nineties wrestling, you're not surprised when the most offensive version comes. We're getting straight to this match. Apparently Hulk could yeah. not waste another minute getting his win back. Fuck this. Let I I quit the show. <laughs> um, one thing I also must add is that um, for some reason I'm, I'm watching this on a different browser to usual and um, for some reason the uh, subtitles aren't working so I will never know if they call Steve McMichael Mango today or passion fruit yeah or, yeah, or any any kind of fruit really well we, 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 we know he's a fruit so <laughs> there's oh, Dave Penzer I'm just not off to a good start today I don't like Arn Anderson with a jacket on. Arn Anderson should just be boots and trunks and that's it. Maybe a towel around his neck if you're lucky. He's worn a jacket a few times. What I don't like, for some strange reason, is him coming out with woman just doesn't look right. Like, obviously, woman is now aligned with the horseman and he's a horseman and it makes sense that he's got a second if they're going to try and pull a gameplay in this rematch. But... 
it just it didn't look natural. Did your feed just cut out like the from the actual video? Yes. I think yes. that's, that's going to be on everyone's, isn't it? Yes. Have they edited oh. something? Well, the audio was perfect, but the the visual went black just for like two seconds. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe there's like you know someone in the audience with a sign of I don't know Harvey Weinstein or something. <laughs> <laughs> because trying. because he was all the rage in '96. Oh, you know? they loved him. Yes. Oh, here's Hogan. Look at this. The bell hasn't rung, and he's already he's already getting his win back with some punches. Yeah. And if you were wondering why Anson was wearing a jacket, it's so that Hogan could pull it over the front of his face and lead to an admittedly funny visual. And Arnold's always good at silly shit like that. He always was. Take, just taking a bunch of punches with the jacket around his front. Now he's being oh, choked with it. <laughs> this is typical Hogan cheating, but being allowed to get away with it because it's Hogan. So he's still got his um, he's still got his eyebrow taped up two weeks after getting hit in the eye, which seems an awfully long time. Well, I think this is part of the reason why the whole concept of a woman's shoe as a weapon was taken the piss out of so much in WCW. Um, because they, they really did try and portray it as like the weapon to end all weapons. And the only reason they did that is so that Hogan had more of an excuse as to why he lost a couple of matches. Can I just say that those punches to arm were terrible? And that has to be the toughest place to blow. He's literally got Arn sat on the canvas. He stood behind him. He's got his hand under Arn's chin and he's just throwing in a few like quick fire jabs. I, I'm pretty sure I could do that to a random person and make it look convincing as a non-trained wrestler. It's a pretty easy place just to throw in because you're just throwing in like a few cheeky digs, aren't you? And he yeah. still makes that look fake. This has been all Hulk. Yes, now he's choking, choking Arnie. And biting. Yeah, good clean wrestling here from just, uh, the... Just pull the... his cock off while you're at it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Plug in Baywatch featuring Hogan and Flair and hopefully, when they said Kevin Sullivan's on it, hopefully it's from that time that he was the master of disguise and came yes. and attacked people. Dressed Not as dressed... an old woman. Yeah, the granny one was better, but the Baywatch extra one was was spirited. I, I enjoyed that. Can I just mention that Hogan's now been raking the eyes and nose? So it's all clear. I think the cleanest offense he's had is a clothesline so far. That's been the only mm. clean offense. And do you know what the crazy thing is? If he wrestled like a proper babyface 75% of the time, it would really draw us fans in that he cheats in a match like this because he's pissed off at what happened last week. You could really make it sound, but you know he does his shit every week. He does the same shit every week. So it doesn't draw you in. And that's yeah. the problem for a diehard fan. And, and also, when he raised his arms and appealed to the crowd there, there yes, there were cheers, but there were also definite boos you could hear. Mm. This is what should be a good match. You don't expect Arn to get all the results or even many results against the Hogan, but they, these two could have a great match. Uh, he's uh, just choking on with a um, with a... Hulk Hogan bandana that someone just happens to have in the front row. Along and with wasn't woman wearing. Who, and wasn't wearing. Along with a woman who just happens to be wearing a Hulk Hogan um, vest over her own shirt. <laughs> the, 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 what bits of merch you can see. And I'm just looking. Yeah, there's a couple by people's feet. So they've been handing them and they're like, yeah, thanks, but I don't really want to sport this. Yeah, there's oh. another kid in the front row there with a Hogan, an identical Hogan vest on over his own gear. It's really sad watching these last few months of the original Hulk run because, as you know, he he actually went back to the red and yellow in '99, and that was mm. even more, if not desperate. Well, this has been absolute domination from Hogan so far, hasn't it? Yeah, about what five minutes in? You hear when people say, "Oh, it's been all Hogan or all whoever," 
uh, it's usually an exaggeration, isn't it? They've had, you know, we're like when they say, oh, yeah, it's been all Man City, they've had 80% of possession, and the yeah. other team's had two shots to, to 12. It's not been all Man City, but that's what you say. It's all Man City. But this has literally been 100% Hulk Hogan on offense. It really has. No, to be fair, Arns had a couple of offensive moves that Hogan just hasn't bothered to sell and has gone come straight back at him again. In which case, then, do they count? No. Let, for the sake of our narrative, no. Oh, we have we have a, yes. a black elbow kind of thing. Here we go, baby. Two and oh. He's, he's going to make it two weeks in a row. Hogan really doesn't look very interested in selling. Oh, there he goes. Caught the boot. I mean, to be fair, Ar- Arn's given him that one. He's done the whole hand up, I'm going to stomp him. I think Ar- Arn's, Arn's actually leading this match, and he's giving, yeah. and we've got to credit where he's he's giving Hogan all of this. He's, yeah. not, he's not being danced into a very unflattering thing. He's giving Hogan everything. And I think that's why Arn's so respected. He, he, he's, he was never a selfish wrestler. Well, you listen to um, any of uh, Arn's podcasts that he, he does with Conrad Thompson, and, and he basically always says, yeah, he was a company guy. He just he did what he was asked. He didn't think you could say no, basically. So, um, yeah, he did whatever. Other than Here we a, go. Bit yeah. of offense. Other than a couple of times where he was off TV for a little bit or whatever, generally he was never really buried. He was always given a good role. And I suppose he knew his limitations because he was never going to be D-man. Oh, oh, that was oh, good. No. That was good. The old fake. But have you noticed the couple of times that Hogan has sold for Arn, he's like done a really weak drop down bump from um, from the back elbow. He did a really weak run into the buckles. So the the offense that he has given on, he's I don't know deliberately or otherwise, but he's made it look really weak. But I did okay, love so that, ho- Yeah, the I love the old fake punch into a DDT. But even Hogan's was... counter to it, that it was a good spot. It, I did like it. He's going for the figure four. Oh, and he's put it on shit, and he hasn't got it on right either. Now he sort of has, but he didn't spin. He didn't do the spinning toehold part. Oh, here comes Savage to intercept Sullivan. Yes. And that on again, off again. And the ref has rung the bell and taken Hogan's hand down. So even though Savage didn't attack anyone directly involved in the match, he attacked Sullivan. Arn, Arn's the winner. Arn, Arn is the winner. Because the Savage Dungeon was proactive. Yeah, the Dungeon of Doom Horseman Alliance is back on, as we saw last week. But... Oh dear, that was bad. So yeah, look at that figure four. That is terrible. Look at that that yeah. look how far away Arn's knee is from Hogan's knee. I mean oh god that's So pretty. if you if you fell into a, a skip full of like really disgusting, smelly, hot food waste garbage and you happen to find a ten pound note amidst it. That's what that match was with the with the DDT counter spot being the tempo note, because the rest of that was fucking rotten. It was awful, and it was just all Hogan, and it really didn't seem to serve much of a purpose because Hogan didn't. It, I don't know. I I don't know if I'd have been. I think I would have been more angry if if it was. Um, Hogan winning. Oh shit, Loch Ness is up next. Here we go. So can he do any better than he did last week when he dropped Scotty Riggs and then landed on his knees? R.I.P. Alex Wright. I, I promise to let you have a word in edgeways for this for the, the next Loch Ness match. I, I talked the whole way through the last one, ranting about giant haystacks. <laughs> to be fair, it's usually me who's talking too much. And I feel like you, you, you know, the, the debut of Loch Ness was always going to get, you know, a massive fond history lesson because he did have that uh, effect on you. He's a very strong part of your tapestry as a wrestling fan. But uh, we, there's more cutting in and out of this particular... Was, did yeah. you see that? 
Yeah, I had a bit that went green, and uh, I think it's as they always say, it's a, a problems with the original uh, tape. Mm. Sounds like he has his own theme music now. Mm. I think if we ever have Ollie Burns, or, or sorry, Priscilla on the, uh, if we ever have Priscilla back on the show, uh, there's there's a very good chance that he'll pick Loch Ness's theme. Because he fucking picked Man Cow last time. <laughs> kind of classical music, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it fits the character. You could call it adjacent to the character. Maybe there was a film involving Loch Ness that had that exact composition on. I don't know. So, yeah. So here we go. And I, I think I'm probably right in saying that somewhere on the continent, when he was giant haystacks, he would have faced Stephen Wright, um, Alex Wright's father. Yeah, this is a very, very European match here on Nitro. So that, that, that is one yeah. cool aspect to this. So here we go. This, this is starting off more like a giant haystacks match of old. A bit of cat and mouse. and Which you can appreciate coming from the son of Steve Wright. Yeah, because the thing I didn't like about the Scotty Riggs match was it was just, it just didn't start off the way you'd expect it to. And you, here we go. This this is more like it. You Look, wouldn't be drop surprised. Kick, another drop kick. You wouldn't be surprised if Scotty Riggs and Loch Ness didn't have a single conversation that afternoon. You could say. Yeah. Here you go. So Alex Wright is now on the turnbuckle with a sleeper hold on Loch Ness. The referee oh, should teeth. really be uh, those teeth, yeah. The referee should be um, trying to get the break. Oh, I think Haystack's uh, Loch Ness is, yeah, he's managed to kind of snap mare him down from a long way up. Oh, and he's now just leapt, right, he's just leapt onto him and leapt into a bear hug, which really isn't the cleverest thing you can do. See, the. The standard Haystacks match in the old days of Britain would be Haystacks dominates, Babyface gets a bit of a comeback, gets Haystacks in trouble, runs up and down or drop kicks him much like Wright is doing and eventually just runs either into a clothesline or cross bodies him and gets caught and slammed and then the big elbow comes and it's the end. Hmm. This is they're absolutely telling the story here. It's, it's nothing particularly pretty, but... You can definitely read this match, which, you know, is not a bad way to draw a fan in. Yeah, the, the commentators sadly are talking about other things rather than seeing if, oh, here we go, big boots to the guts at least, and the elbow's coming up. There we go. And he's remembered to cover him for the pinfall this time. <laughs> and there we go. I still maintain that the knockout win after the splash would be better. Yeah. But, um, like, the crowds are booing him. I know it was a bad time for WCW and the character didn't really do much uh, and have much of an impact in the end. But Tank Abbott, his early WCW stuff where he would hit his KO punch and would start to leave the ring before it had even officially oh. been called. Because he knows the referee's going to call it. There's a certain degree to that. Yes, what we used to do, um, yes, what we Birchall, used to do in the FWA yeah. with Birchall. I remember, Yeah, you're right. I remember that now. Never actually really made sense, but it was a good gimmick. And can also point out that Jimmy Hart's tie is glow in the dark with WCW oh, on it. I didn't realise that the first time around. That's brilliant. But you, but you're right. It's it's hard to time because if you start walking out too early or they're doing like a long ten count to count them down, uh, you know the guy's left the ring. Surely that's an infringement. But if it's just a case of the referee goes over, you think of modern day MMA stoppages where someone's checked and the referee will just go no no wave it off. You do that yeah. and it's great. You get a visual of the ref waving off while a smirking hill is strolling and about to put their f their first foot through the ropes to leave. You time that. I, f I think it's a, a, a really imposing visual. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, yeah. You're, is that Luger and Sting the public enemy? That's I want, go, can we start doing Saturday night watch-alongs, please? We can always <laughs> do the odd Saturday night here or there. Um, I was going to say as well that... Um, the other thing with that match, it was about two minutes long. It was 
I mean, again, a British match with haystacks would last maybe two rounds, maybe three rounds at most. You know, it'd be less than 10 minutes. That was two minutes, which, considering this is a 45-minute programme, is ideal. And, hello, talking of a European theme, here comes Fit Finlay. Belfast Bruiser, as he's called. We are taking over. <laughs> is this a... Well, there's there's our uh, there's our title picture for this episode, I'm sure. But um, he he used to wear that jacket in uh, in Britain. I remember seeing him at the Fairfield Hall with that jacket on. Is this his debut? It's definitely his first match on Nitro, isn't it? I He's remember got the full-on his... UK mullet there. Yeah, I remember his actual WCW debut. That was very ah with Regal. Yeah. He, he basically attacked him after a regal match and then started to, he turned to the camera and started to give a history lesson on the on the problems <laughs> between England and Northern Ireland. Yes. While adding people... stomps between each sentence. It was glorious. Yeah, so his people have been persecuting my people for centuries. Stomp, stomp. stomp. Yeah. And I'm telling you something, Brad Armstrong, the late, great Brad Armstrong, one of, in my book, one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. And I am, and I, this makes sense. If this is his official in-ring debut, then Brad Armstrong. I mean, not that Dave Finley needs anyone making him look good, but this is the ideal person to make anyone look a million dollars. Put him in first with first impressions are Armstrong. key. Yeah, uh, remember what Brad Armstrong did for Goldberg, the yeah. one, the one-armed stalling suplex, which looked like it was Goldberg's strength, and it was actually Brad Armstrong holding himself up. Yeah. I mean, you you got you got to make sure that first impression is brilliant. You take no chances. You put in your your smoothest operator behind the scenes. It, it makes absolute total sense. Yeah. So it's the battle of the mullet. We've had the battle of the bald spots earlier on. We've now got the battle of the mullets here. Mm. And um, Finley is yeah. Fin, this is this is Dave Finley prior to how a lot of American fans may remember him because this is pretty much. Fit Finley has been picked up from Europe and dropped into a WCW ring. Because they had a very erratic hiring policy at the time. There were a lot of people who were added to the payroll inexplicably. Uh, but obviously, especially to us Brits, but to anyone who appreciates a, a wrestler's wrestler, um, we're not going to complain about this particular pickup because... Yeah, you know, Fin Finley is very popular with the hardcore fans, and he pre even went on to prove in WWE at the ripe old age of what he, he was late forties when he had that. Oh, he in his fifties, I think. Summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he proved that. Not just was he in there because he knew how to wrestle in a Brad Armstrong style, make the thing look good uh, way, but he he was a you know a, a very well presented upper mid carder for several years. U.S. Mm. champion. Yeah. I mean, he was, to, to give a little bit of a history lesson to, to our, our American fans, um, he was one of the top headliners in the U.K. in the 80s. Um, check out, if you put Fit Finley World of Sport into YouTube, um, you'll get matches where he was accompanied um, by his real-life wife, Princess Paula, as um, as his manageress. And despite being you know, portrayed as a, a totally serious and hard-as-nails wrestler, he was able to get a bit of comedy in there as well because the British matches would be in rounds, and, if, and it was two out of three falls. And if Finley had done particularly badly in the round before or perish the thought he'd conceded a fall. He usually got a kiss from his wife for good luck before the round began. And if she wasn't happy, she would scowl, pull a face at him and refuse to give him a kiss. And, and he would look very, uh, very put out by that to the crowd's delight. And it was something so simple, but it worked every single time. It didn't matter how many times you saw that it never got dull. Um, absolute master of his craft. Yeah, I love the little things like that. And I think we are we are currently watching for a program with the likes of Fit Finley, Arn Anderson, such good masters of the of those little details. It's it's a golden age for podcasting about nineteen ninety six wrestling shows. Yes. Beautiful move from Armstrong there. It was a it was a, a um 
a hip toss, but he followed down with it and went for the pinfall attempt. I have to say, this is this is a risky strategy. This is technically sound stuff so far, but I think it's risky business doing this, not just on a TV show that's usually got a faster tempo, but to do this in you know uh, Finley's first Nitro match, where you'd expect him to be a little bit more profound in his offense. Oh, here we go. Smashes his jaw into the ring apron. I thought for a second he was going to do the move that you saw a lot of from him in WWE, where he would actually force his oh, opponent yeah. to, down into in the, the apron. The ring apron. Yeah. No, he, I, don't, I don't ever remember him doing that in WCW or in the UK for that matter. I think it was something he, he came to uh, arrive at in WWE. So clever, though. Over the top rope, he goes very much so. It's disorientating, you know. Mm. The equivalent of pulling the hockey jersey over your opponent's head during a fight. Mm. Working the leg now. So, so like yeah, he's focusing on that knee. I'm trying. To, I don't know what. Um, I don't know what move he uses as a finisher at this point in time, actually. Because in um in in British wrestling he would often use the Tombstone Piledriver. I remember him using the Tombstone a lot in WCW. Now the question is, is does he dust it off from the get go? Mm. Single leg Boston working on that leg that he's already been he's already targeted. So this all makes sense because you know he waited for an opportunity to get a body part and then he's found that body part and now he's working on it. Hmm. Crowder watching it, you know, it's it's slow paced stuff. It's it's not what Nitro has been built upon. We we've had all sorts of good wrestling on Nitro. Don't get me wrong, but usually much faster paced, more higher spots. Uh, they're not they're not turning their backs on this match. Don't get me wrong. There's a USA chant, a very small one. Big back body drop. Back Finley did, did take some fantastic back body drops in his time, and both men go over the top from a cross body block attempt. The old stampede spot there. Mm. And again, it's funny because, like, 10 years prior to that, that spot would have resulted in the, the match finishing as a double count out. Mm. And they're back in at sort of four or five now. And ten, wind ten years forward after that, and probably we'd be back in the ring in two. This this is just such a strange match to see on Nitro. It is not bad by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, Brad Brad's getting the first few rows into this. Oh, beautiful belly to back or side suplex there, Saito suplex, I guess you'd call it. Um. The thing is that, you know, people don't... Nice. Is that it? Yeah. I was going to say that was another move he'd often use in Britain, like a, tilt -a, -whirl. a kind of a gut-wrench, tilt-a-whirl, yeah. slam off the ropes. Yeah. But um, the thing was, people don't know who this guy is. People know who Brad Armstrong is. But... Oh, he's, he's calling out Regal. People know who Brad Armstrong is, but Brad Armstrong's never been portrayed as, you know, a big star or much of a threat or anything like that. But they they held people's attention well enough, and it's a different kind of match compared to what else we have. And uh, here's our main event, Flair v. Savage. Well, it was a breath of fresh air. It was a yeah. good match, and it, it didn't kill the live audience for a lot of it they were subdued just like but you watch the first few rows there most of them were watching the match not a lot of them were talking oh. amongst themselves um well again the the length of time it was on for was you know i i, I would guess sort of seven or eight minutes which was you know long in the just the right time to, to to hold people's attention it didn't go too long to 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 lose people I do think, however, given what we've seen so far, that this match is going to be is going to be paramount to whether we give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I've got to say though, the Loch Ness match 
was for for what it was, it was much better. It was a good squash. I did find it weird that um, Loch Ness gave Alex Wright so much. I, I was going to make a comment and say that should have been his debut match, but considering how much he gave Wright, you 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 have to wonder if they already like changed their mind on trying to do Loch Ness Hogan, which we said last time was probably the only reason he got hired. Yeah. And it must be said, now that Flair's made his entrance for this uh, world title return match, uh, being a heel is working so well for Miss Elizabeth. It's just, mm. So I don't know where it is. It's just certain, certain female wrestlers. As, as a male who finds females attractive, certain female wrestlers just look so much hotter as a heel than they do as a babyface. That's just the way I'm wired. And here comes the... Man who is wronged, the macho man. Wearing a suit and the, that looks like a keyed car. I, I just thought he'd, uh, he'd got lots of toilet paper strung to his sleeves. Like if a particularly... Was... <laughs> yeah, go on. Like I was, particularly... was going to say, if a particularly psychotic person wanted to key someone's car, like a really crazed, jilted ex, and one... <laughs> Keen it once weren't enough, so I just go to town on the whole thing. I'm I'm just thinking that it's like a, a psychotic person right at the beginning of lockdown where they've managed to get some toilet paper and they're so happy about it they're showing off by running through the supermarket with toilet paper attached to their sleeves. This sounds like an experience rather than a an example. When did this happen, Joe? <laughs> I was trying to work out then why the camera was uh, was on a, a family who weren't looking at the action in the ring or the camera or anything for about 10 seconds there. We seem to have moved away from them now. Yeah, um, Flair also did the whole um, whispering in woman's ear like a heel conniving thing. Uh, I, I know the stage thing is generally when you do that, some people just like say carrots and peas, carrots and peas or something, or, or just go <laughs> like a, you know. Um, but judging by the fact that woman had to bite her lip and avoid really laughing, <laughs> I'm wondering what Flair has said just to get her to corpse. Yeah. Now, the trick I was always told was... Um... If uh, if you need to uh, if you need to ask someone yeah if you need to talk talk with someone but not really say anything much at all and this is what I always do just ask them what they had for breakfast because someone everyone's always got an answer. Yeah, I've got to be honest though. If you and I were a heel act in wrestling, Dean, and we had to do the whispering thing, I, I, I cards on the table. I would do everything I could to make you crease up. I would say oh, the most ridiculous things in your ear. To, to just make you piss yourself in front of the live crowd. Were you we, listening to me and Justin Richards back in those FWA days? <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I might have to get him back on as a guest just to hear those stories, those anecdotes. We didn't get enough of those on the last one. It was a brilliant episode, though. My, my, uh, one of my favourite stories of that was uh, Mike White, the old referee who we still need to get on the show, actually. Yes. Um, he... Um, there was a time we were doing a show and we're all driving to the, we're all driving after the show in Mike's car. And, um, Justin was in a submission hold and he asked him, what do you say, Richards? Do you want to give up? No. What do you say? Pizza or chicken after the show? (laughs) (laughs) And we just take fast food orders. Anyway, main event is, it's World (laughs) Heavyweight title time. I knew there was something we were forgetting. Yeah, never mind this shit. It's the time for the world title. So Savage is out the ring, took a uh, an atomic drop. Don't forget, as I mentioned before, go uh, to, go on Twitter to at Rick Rude Sells. It's just a Twitter account full of gifts of Rick Rude selling atomic drops. It's the greatest Twitter account I've ever seen in my life. I would dare say that if you set up an account and followed only that, Twitter might actually be worth using. Because usually it's a cesspool of, of negativity with the occasional amazing Liam Happ article plugged here and there. Um, yes. But I digress. But if you just followed Rick Rude Cells, imagine how wholesome Twitter would be. Oh, beautiful. 
Well, so far, Flair is absolutely paintbrushing Savage, and the uh, security man there is having a whale of a time. I don't know what he finds so funny about Randy Savage selling right by his face. Maybe it's just the dye job he's done on his hair and beard. Oh, he's now chasing after a woman. Maybe Surely he should be after Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, Flair just literally out of nowhere with a ruddy elbow. Oh, that's brilliant. Nice camera work. Yes. And now he's got Savage pinned up against the rail, chopping away yet again. It's all flair at the moment. Oh, here comes woman. Raking very badly, raking the <laughs> eyes of uh, of the matcher man. I thought she was going to kick him in the ding-ding, but never mind. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I don't have an educated opinion on this, but I always assumed that the the I, the conception of the face rake in wrestling was because it was a much safer way of pretending you've gouged someone's eyes because you've just got to put your hands on your on their face and twist your hands. You don't actually have to go near their eyes, really. So I always figured that was the whole reason for it, and yet she still managed to make it look fake. Yeah. She's had lessons I... from Hogan. I hate I hate doing doing eye rakes. My I much rather do with the uh, choke or wet willies. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the uh, no the the choke because you just put your hand around their neck, but obviously you don't you know, put any pressure on it. But that's much to me. That is my much more favoured approach. Flair just did a flare flop after back elbowing Savage. But this conversation begs the question. A hill manager, rather than doing something so hackneyed and cliche, why won't there be a hill manager who pulls a permanent marker out of their pocket and draws a like a silly picture or writes a really mean word on their forehead while the referee's back is turned? Just just a hill manager with a marker pen who draws a cock and bollocks on their back. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, or on their forehead, you know, because you're choking them, face raking. Just write. Oh Jesus! This may be this may be the first watch along I have to post produce. I've been terrible yeah. today. <laughs> I really have. I I was I was flirting with the offensive early, and I've just uttered a word we agreed not to use on this show. Flair is in the figure four himself, and notice how Savage is putting it on properly. I I, I may I may just stick this up and give myself a, a verbal warning and I'm, re- I'm really gonna try and get back to that sweet spot. i have been terrible today and i apologize if anyone's considered me a bit too over the top uh bum i'm I, I think i'm just enjoying life i actually got to go to the park today oh i'm pleased yeah, yeah. mate it's, yeah. it's obviously the park air that's done this to me yeah just being outside in the fresh air yeah. is, is, has, is, is, is lost the plot, ladies and gentlemen. After lockdown deprivation. Has, yes, lockdown has finally got to Liam. Anyways, back in the ring, Flair is now in trouble as Savage grinds some of that toilet paper into Flair's throat. You, the toilet oh, paper on his tights. Again. The toilet paper on his tights. This this has been this has been okay. I mean, it's kind of storyline driven with the with the ladies at ringside, but I maintain, and we're we're going to have to cover this pay per view one day. I maintain this is nowhere near the level of intensity of their main event match at the Great American Bash '95 after Flair attacked his father, mm. Angelo Potter. Oh, we absolutely will. I look forward to the day we do do that. But um, I was going to add that this is color by number stuff from Flair and Savage, which is. Which is mm. never bad. I think the only time I've ever really disliked a match of theirs was that Starcade '95, like just tacked on rush job, which certainly wasn't their formula. It was literally just a few minutes, an mm. unnecessary blade job, and just the whole thing was a mess. Check out that episode for more details on that. But yeah, otherwise, whenever they get ten minutes in the ring, they do what they do. It's always the same, but it's never bad. And that was beautiful there, the way that Savage just really built up some speed, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the ropes, and then Flair just cuts him off with a quick elbow, and the bump Savage takes off of that, and the selling is just... So again, it's simple but effective. It's really good. He, even Flair's gloating afterwards, takes that time to soak it in, adds more impact to the to the counter itself. 
He's strutting around. He's he's slapping yeah. his pecs. And this is this is something, and I'm, I don't want to sound all Jim Cornette here, but this is something that younger wrestlers can look at and learn. That rather than doing another move, you know, a knee drop, an elbow drop, a moonsault, whatever, just a smirk and a reaction just means so much more and gets your character over to the crowd. Well, the second you start saying really stupid incendiary shit just to drive traffic to your podcast, um, that's when you're being <laughs> Jim Cornette. But if you are driving some traffic to this podcast, I will let it go. And I'm on probation, so I can't really say anything anyway. I'm on the naughty step. Maybe if we tell Jim Cornette that Vince Russo's agreed to come on this podcast, we'll get Jim Cornette on this podcast. Well, he's his twin brother. Because let's face it, the two of them are so alike. They they they, they just you know it's it's Pepsi and Coke. You know, it's 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 the same thing. Two different brands, two rival yeah. brands of the same thing. Okay, we've now got. The roles have been reversed from earlier on the match because Flair has got the figure four on Savage and Savage has got his shoulders down and is being counted. The crowd are into this. They've done a really yeah. good job of building the crowd up. A crowd who do seem to be here for wrestling, as that last match showed. But these yeah. two stars uh, have have just worked it up and worked it up, and we're nearing crescendo here, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, do you know what? When when Savage got that reaction from the crowd, I genuinely thought that someone was running in. I, I honestly thought like Hogan was running in or something because of the way they just popped. So, no, it was just Savage controlling and working that crowd. <laughs> because that's normally the only time we hear the crowd react like that. <laughs> <laughs> Two count with a backslide, and we've seen Flair pinned by the backslide before, and Ricky Steamboat won the title that way. Do love a good backslide. There's not enough backslides in wrestling. Mm. Well, as Bischoff just said, this one is getting interesting. It is a classic back and forth, back and forth. And just look at that, the sell from that chop. I mean... Right up there with Ricky Steamboat, just some, just the way he sold it, like mm. he'd been shot, and it makes sense at this stage of the match. It sells exhaustion and desperation, and and Savage Sav- now popping straight back up again from the chop. And he's doing so in a way like he's taken so much, and adrenaline and anger is, you know, there's a fighting spirit way about it. He'll probably yeah. go full Hulk soon, but oh, for the time being, spat in his face, oh yeah. man! I've got to say though, Bischoff has been doing an excellent job of framing this match as a very, very important thing. I've been drifting in and out of some of the things he's been saying. He's done a great job. Mm. Considering the, the low bar by the WWE Contra team, the way they ignore so many of the matches in front of them, and sometimes they even fail to hit the notes of an important match. No, on this one, they've been bang on the money. Oh, just got him over for the back body drop there. Here's the flare flip. And the clothesline on the apron. Savage is now going up top with the axe handle. Is he signaling for the big elbow oh. yet? I think he is. Oh, here comes Elizabeth on he the never. apron. And wom- woman threw her shoe to Flair, but Savage intercepted. And now here comes Sullivan. Right. This is a bit of a mess, this ending. What's happened now? It's all gone a bit Keystone Cops. Mm. Oh, Anderson with the DDT. We've got we've got Hogan at ringside beating up Sullivan. We've got Anderson in the ring. I think the match has continued. Flair has just draped an arm over Savage, and now we've had now we've had the pinfall. I thought the match had ended already. I'm a bit baffled by that, but we've yeah. now got woman and woman and Elizabeth running around ringside. It's kind of like the ex-wives club over here. They, re- they really screwed the pooch on what was a, a very good main event. 
They just yeah. lost track. It got vague and confusing. Now they're beating up the booty man. Up Hogan. Oh, now the booty man's in British Beefcake to to you and I. Um, he was Zodiac only a few weeks ago, so clearly they haven't covered that development on Nitro. No, but it's been somewhere, obviously. The booty man. What ah, the fuck com- kind of name Commentary is that? are pretending they don't know who he is. <clears throat> oh, Jesus Christ. It's Brutus fucking Beefcake. Of course you know who it is. Yeah, they're playing up the... They, they finally recognised him after a close-up of the face. Recognised that he was going after Sullivan of the Dungeon of Doom. There's a link there, but... Yeah, I definitely feel like I've missed something on Saturday night or something. And can I also point out to our British fans that a woman looking remarkably like Big Mo Slater from EastEnders is at ringside. Yeah, she'll be signed up to Job to Hogan in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Maniacal Flair's Flair's come to the commentary booth. <laughs> They're bragging about their results tonight. Yep. On on's holding two things up, but he's beaten Hogan twice. And they're repeating the, Yeah, they're repeating the finish last week. I liked it last week. This week it's Yeah. Certain things are great the first time and then they get a bit dull when they're done every week, don't they, Dane? Yeah. Hogan's ranting now. He has name dropped the booty man. It's such a <laughs> mean jeans. Mean gene. Mean they've just they've broken the glass and released <laughs> the emergency mean gene with a microphone. This is this is batshit crazy. This is a clusterfuck. Gene's nearly falling over. Oh man. Macho tried to confiscate the world title that Ric Flair left behind. Hogan's trying to put the booty man over as yeah, a formidable cavalry. I just love the way I love the way Mean Gene just suddenly appeared. He just he just offered an apology to the commentary team for taking over. Savage has taken over the promo. Hogan does not look happy. He's putting (laughs) the booty man over again. He's just hearing Hogan say, Billy, 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 man. And Savage, so Hogan is talking and Savage is talking to Bischoff at the same time while Booty Man has some form of seizure. And behind us, we can see hundreds and hundreds of fans filing out of the building. Well, unlike the people involved in this segment, they haven't had the good cocaine, so they're this happy to true. go home with a cup of Horlicks. They've had the, well, I was thought you were going to say they've had the bad cocaine. <laughs> well, that is bringing our Nitro to an end. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, Liam. Look, they pushed their luck a few times, but that was there was enough value to that. And as much as they screwed up the uh, finish of that world title match, like the the camera team completely lost track of things, commentary lost track of it. Everyone was doing a great job until the finish. And the post match shenanigans, yeah, it, it smacked of trying to recreate what was a nice little touch of storming the commentary area and the fight spilling over there last week. And it didn't work as well yeah. this time, but I've got to say, I, I just, I pissed myself laughing at just the absurdity of those last 60 seconds. And yeah, there was some good matches. Loch Ness was done a little better. Um, the Hulk arm match was terrible, but at least Arn didn't lose straight away. And Hogan didn't get his win back within seven days. Uh, and I did, re- I adored that. He, you know, Arn did his whole faker punch, Hulk ducks, he goes for DDT, but Hulk has managed to slip him off, so only Arn goes down. That whole sequence was lovely. Um, yeah, 
two two good matches in the middle, a very good match shown about the finish. There was enough there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Also, we had on this show we had some interesting dark matches because we had Giant defeating Sting in a dark match of all things, Nasty Boys beating Public Enemy, and get this as a result. T obviously for the t- world television title because it wasn't on television, but Johnny B. Bad beat Lex Luger. Hmm. Doesn't doesn't say by DQ or anything like that. So I'm very interested. But yeah, next week, um, and this kind of follows from what we've seen. But next week, our main event is a six man tag of Hogan, Savage, and the Booty Man against Anderson, Flair, and Kevin Sullivan. Um, and as you said before, Liam, this is all leading up towards um, Uncensored 96. With that the, shower uh, of shit, yeah. That shower of shit. Over on Monday Night Raw, WWF, we had a live Raw, followed by obviously a taped one, but we had a live Raw which um, had Razor Ramon beating Goldust um, in a... Um, a WWF Intercontinental Championship match. It was a count-out win, so Goldust retained the belt. Skip and Zip with Sonny had a no contest with Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya. The ringmaster, Steve Austin, beat uh, Marty Jannetty, and the main event saw The Undertaker beat Tatonka. So, an alright line-up on, on, uh, on both sides of the fence, I guess. Yeah, uh, and with this night, at least they they build it as a as a big night of rematches, which was a bit of gloss put over the fact that yeah they they are really getting samey with a lot of their marquee belts as we've touched upon in the past. Yes. But on this on this instance, yeah, they're giving it the mark of yeah there's big rematches. Fair enough. Um, there's a little bit of extra shine on on the whole mega powers dungeon and horseman situation with the addition of the bootyman which i can't believe i'm saying because as far as freshening up things up with new additions it's about as low as you can get uh we've had no storyline explanation other than the fact that apparently he's got a nice booty dean and hogan loves saying booty 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 which needs to be video clipped I'm sorry, but if uh, if having a nice booty isn't a good enough reason for um for a babyface turn, then then I don't know what is. I can't argue uh, that. No, I'm just looking. Um, all all it says here on um on Wikipedia was um Hogan eventually turned the Zodiac against his stablemates by revealing him as a mole. Um, not not like the kind of Barrows into the floor. Um, after leaving the Dungeon of Doom, Leslie became the booty man, and his gimmick was that of a man infatuated with his own buttocks, shaking them on the way to the ring and during matches. Yeah. No caption necessary. No. No. Well, um, just before we go, just a couple of uh, a couple of plugs as such. You can follow us on Twitter at becausewcw or facebook.com forward slash becausewcw. Please do subscribe to us, rate and review us, give us five stars. We'll be very very grateful. Um, and of course, um, we are part of the Hooked on Wrestling podcast network. Yes. Um, and- you can visit that um, and all of the uh, various articles and news reports on hookedonwrestling.co.uk. Um, also, this past week, uh, I recorded an interview with a um, for a brand new podcast um, with the curious title of Is It Shane Ritchie, uh, which is run by an old friend of mine, a uh, British wrestling veteran, Carl Conroy, um, who was around in the, the 90s and the noughties. Um, has a great number of stories to tell, um, but you can um, visit that at Conroy Pod uh, on Twitter, Conroy Pod, or I'm sure if you just look up, is it Shane Ritchie? Uh, you'll be able to see that. Um, had a really good time talking to him for about three hours. I think we're going to have to split it into two pieces. Did you ask um, the question though? Is it Shane Ritchie? Um, 
it it was um, that's that's answered the reason for that is answered in the in the very first uh, podcast that he was just a solo one of his um, smart don't don't spoil it very don't very good it, yeah no. um so yeah so that that's what's going on in the world of podcasting because as we said it is of course a golden age for podcasting so thank you so much for taking the time and trouble to download this episode we really do appreciate each and every one of you who do so in the meantime we'll be back very shortly with more guests more nitro watch along so on behalf of my colleague liam hap this is me the twisty genius saying stay safe and thanks for listening i'll see you ringside